Welcome back to the fourth episode of Working Through the Moan of Uchum, the Guide for the Perplexed. We are in the introduction. We've talked so far about how the Rambos began to talk about what he's going to do in the first sections, clarifying terms for people, um, who it's for, who this work is for, um, the difference between the way that uh, the Torah is written versus the way the prophets are written. Um, and primarily this idea that everything, this wisdom cannot be taught like the Mishnah Torah, just lay out everything in order, but it's got to be taught with f- giving you flashes of lightning as you go through the journey. Um, by the way, anyone who learns any deeper Sephardim or Pikabolah will know that's a very typical way they teach. It reveals something, meander around, come round. If you learn the Tanya, for example, whenever he takes a sidetrack, it's almost always giving you a little flash of somewhere he's going to later, and, and so on and so forth. Then on Ramah starts like this. this t- t- today we're to the words in the following the Kapach, uh, one page Zion of the Masada of Cook version, the second column. Uh, next paragraph. If a person who's achieved some kind of perfection, according to their level of perfection, wants one of these secrets about how creation works, and in particular about the pathway to understanding, whether they do it orally speaking, or whether they do it through writing, they will not be able to they can't articulate even what they understand fully in a structured way which you would do with other sciences or disciplines where, it's, where the way to teach it is known the way to teach this is exactly the same as the way of learning it what does that mean? It will be a flash, a source of got it, and then taken away. This is the nature of the pathway to understanding the Rebbein to understand the Creator, or getting close, to getting as close as we can. Climbing the ladders, we'll see later. When any of the Rabbinites... Um, Right, in other words, the, the religious Jewish Chachamim, uh, wise people, Masiga Emes Lelamid Dovim in grasps any of this kind of uh, teaching and wants to teach about it. That's why they all use analogies, right? So there become so many of these analogies floating around. That um, that in different styles of Rubam also she in in Shemataura von also betchila betchila samashal oibem tzayisa oibesoifoi right usually it's to it's to um, within the analogy the main most important bit will either be at the beginning or the middle or the end or be some part it won't be the whole way through im loyin samashal hatoyim as inyan they might not for example find something that perfectly fits a mechuvim betchila so tzayifoi that from beginning to end the analogy is perfect v'nichas inyan sherotz lelamed lemisha muchshel adas and they they understand they leave the full grasp of it to somebody who um, is qualified to work out which bit's the most important bit what the teaching's meant to be etc. Um, yeah. And often there'll be that main topic will be spread out in many different analogies. If you could find one single marshal, one single analogy, sometimes you might find one analogy that explains many, many different um, things. Where the beginning of it, 
of the analogy explains one area. Matim the end of the analogy explains something else. And you get somewhere they're very close to one another. Now, he's going to give examples of this. This sounds very, very confusing, um, but we'll get there. Okay. And you get when people want to teach the main subject matter and they think they can do it without analogies, by the time they're finished talking, it's like an analogy. And the reason is very simple. Because language is, is words that we all have in common, which means it, it relates to the fact that we have experiences in common. If you have an experience I don't have, Whatever words you'll put it into are words that we're all familiar with, which means experiences we have. So now it's reduced back into the world of experiences we have. So if we're trying to grasp something that most people have never grasped, the people who haven't grasped it can't understand what we're saying. The most we could do is try and lift them, lift them, lift them, lift them, lift them bit here, bit here, bit here, bit here. And slowly, slowly, they're beginning to peel away the, the layers or add, th- remove threads of falsehood, put in threads that are maybe less false or closer to the truth. And that's how it has to be taught. There is no other way to teach it. You cannot teach it directly. It's like somebody says, you know, why couldn't Hashem have written quantum physics in the Torah? Let's say he did, right? The fact is nobody would have understood what the words meant. So they would immediately have understood them as something else. So for all we know, it's in the Torah, right? And, you know, just saying it. But the point is that you can't talk to a six-year-old about quantum physics. You can't talk to a six-year-old about concepts in Kabbalah. It's not possible to do. The best you could do is give them analogies that as they grow older will kind of make fit into other concepts and then eventually still have to ditch those and get more refined and precise ones and so on. Okay, and if they're brilliant analogies, then as the rest of their concepts change, that concept will also change and, and so on. Um, and he'll give us examples of this. Right? The point is, this is how Hashem's built it. This is how you got to kind of, just like nature itself, pulls a person and limits what a person can and can't do, but can be used as a tool to climb certain things. So too, it's the nature of trying to grasp the divine that you, that you have to work in this particular way of flashes and then withdraw and then flashes and then withdraw. And that's on purpose. When Hashem himself wanted to bring us to, to perfection, when he wants to give us, when, when, when we actually worked on our... Um, on the mitzvahs that are action mitzvahs, which you can't after, except by grasping certain principles, first you have to grasp some ability to recognize um, what they are. Um, yeah, that you can't do without without some kind of uh, divine science. Now, so there's an order. Let's go back in. So in other words, it, to, we can we can understand the mitzvahs, but really to understand them fully, we really should be grasping Hashem. And to fully grasp Hashem, there's an order of going through the natural world to the supernatural world and so on. Um, and there's an order... Um, also in terms of, of which subject matter you've got to cover first. If you want to understand the natural world, you have to learn certain principles of, of physics. So Hashem himself opened his own Torah, which is ultimately the Torah that's going to teach us about mitzvahs. And ultimately the thing that's going to teach us before mitzvahs about the pathway of tikkun amidahs of rectifying ourselves to get close to Hashem 
In other words, we're going to follow the Ovos, the ancestors of the Jewish people, doing that. But we begin with the work of Barashas, which in essence, according to Rambam, contains within it the most important features of the natural world that we need in order to grasp Hashem. Right? So Rambam actually holds that within Barashas are aspects, maybe not everything, but maybe everything, of the natural world that are needed in order to climb the ladder to get closer to grasping Hashem's creations and from his creations to grasping him. Like he says in, in Mishnah Torah about loving Hashem, second chapter of the Torah, you have to think about his creations and his actions. And because it's impossible for us to grasp things as they are, these deep things are said, so therefore, when the rabbis want to extrapolate on it, they have to do it in very uh, secret, in, in ways that require unpacking. He can't explain creation to an average human being. And therefore, the Torah itself is very cryptic about it. So you should see, Chazal themselves, the rabbis themselves have told you that the creation chapter is written in a very condensed, very much concealing as much as revealing. That you gotta know the words of King Solomon, Rochik Mashahaya, Omaik, Omaik means an apostle in Kailas, where Shlomo says, This is what was is so distant from us, very far away, who can find it, right? Even when people talk in modern physics about the beginning of the universe, it's almost incomprehensible to us in all sorts of ways, the outer edges of the universe, the power of the universe. And everything was therefore using words that have multiple meanings. So the masses will read the Torah and have a very simplistic picture. Got a much more sophisticated picture will read into the Torah many, many things about the secrets of creation, even on the physical level, never mind on the deeper and deeper and deeper levels, which also have to be read into there. We already explained when we did our commentary to the Mishnah, at the time the Rambam wrote his commentary to the Mishnah, which was decades earlier than this, one of the first, ma- for the first major work he wrote in his lifetime, I think he was in his very early 20s, and when it came to the introduction to the 10th chapter of Sanhedrin where he goes to the principles of faith the fundamentals he then says that he's going to write a book called Sefer Nevoah and one called Sefer Tium a book of understanding prophecies and a book of understanding uh, really understanding rabbinic writings I think it's meant to be what we wanted to do is explain an entire book the Rambam says he was planning to write where he was going to go through all the things that the rabbis say or the, the prophets say that appears difficult as Amos is going to clarify the truth right all the things that are given by way of analogy when I tried I tried for a number of years and I even wrote some of them I thought no this doesn't come out right I tried again doesn't come out right doesn't come out right if I clarify things but the people aren't yet ready to hear the next bit and I hide what still needs to be hidden I'm still left with metaphors that are no more clear than we started with 
start with one metaphor and I give you another one and that's also as unhelpful as the first one you either get it or you don't and if I say what does need to be clarified then the masses will get completely confused but my goal was to teach you what the rabbis are saying and what the prophets are saying so that people can understand them. For he said, and I saw when even one of the religious Jews, but it doesn't, not very well educated, in other words, uh, studies them, they actually read the rabbinic uh, sayings and say, oh, you can take them more literally. Because they don't really understand logic and they don't really understand certain, certain principles of science, they're not bothered by things the rabbis are saying that sound unrealistic. So they don't have the question in the first place. So they're comfortable in their naive reading. Uh, the more sophisticated people are trying to get a deeper reading, but if you explain it, you either give them the wrong understanding or if you kind of still hide the things they're not yet ready to hear, then you're still left in the same problem. So I cannot directly, despite my best efforts, at giving you giving people their best interpretation, I can't do it. And therefore we left, left with one or two problems. Either you explain them on the simple level, and with a get, again, like you said earlier, you get with the wrong ideas. You think, the rabbis of the Gemara were speaking nonsense, or God forbid to even say such a thing. Um, right? And, uh, and that will, that's... Uh, yeah, that would be a horrific, horrific thing. Or he thinks there is a deep secret. And that person uh, understands there's much more to it. Even just understanding that there is more depth is usually already good enough to prevent disaster. What I'm going to do, therefore, in this work is different. How am I going to clarify prophecy in this work? So I gave up writing those books, could we show you? So I just was happy to say, to give out some foundations of faith, give kind of brief... Um, Principles. So by the time I got to Mishnah Torah, I decided to just give some basic principles. That would be enough. And make the point that these things are much deeper than they appear to the masses, which exactly what he does in Ilchus Yisai Torah. But his actual attempt to write the Book of Prophecy, explaining all the Nevuas, and the Book of Explaining All the, the, the Rabbinic uh, um, Codes that are used in the, in the statements they make, that he's never done. That's what he said. He basically abandoned that project and instead he's going to do the guide. And that is really speaking, uh, I think, a good place to finish today. And next time we'll be able to go, hopefully, to the end of the introduction.